We're talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. All right, it is the time of the show when we focus on a small business in the area making their way through what is a never-ending global pandemic. Let's bring in Brad Germain, owner of Into the Abyss. Uh, They're located at 119 Lock Street in the Hammer, also vocals and guitarist for the Marble Index, and is with us now. Brad, hope you're doing well. Oh, yes, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the program. So tell us about Into the Abyss. Uh, give us some history here, some backstory. Okay, yeah. So it's an independent record shop that um, me and my wife, uh, Jenny, opened uh, four years ago. Um, so yeah, so we just passed four years of being a business, and uh, we sell new and used vinyl, and then we sell like record player setups, so you can get a, kind of an all-in-one sort of thing that sounds good and looks good, and then... Uh, yeah, and then we have a little, some few things in between that like time has tried to forget, like VHS tapes and uh, and uh, you know um, CDs and cassette tapes, and we have some vintage clothing, and then we have our own clothes. So yeah, it's just it's kind of like this is like a, a real mom and pop type of place and a real labor labor of love. This shop. How do you explain the love of vinyl? Because uh, we all remember when it went away, then we remember when it slowly came back, or it came back, and it was making a bit of a buzz because it was a novelty thing. I remember my daughter buying a a, a record player because she didn't want any of the great stereo stuff I had from the day. Uh, but it's not it's not subsided. It's continued. People still seem to be interested in this. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think. I've had this discussion with a few different people at different times. And, and for me, it is a, it's a bit of a, it kind of is a bit of a philosophical discussion. And really it comes down to, I think there's, I think in, in the culture as it is now and what we value and how disposable everything thing seems to be it just in culture in general and how we swallow up everything so quickly. I think there's a large, contingent of people like myself and like your daughter that want a level of attachment and a personal connection on a deeper level with culture and with music specifically. So I think that's, you know, because it's something that you hold. It's like, it's like people who like reading physical books. It's the same kind of thing. It's like some, it's a, it, it plays as a keepsake. It's also something that you can physically touch and interact with. And it, that which heightens the connection. And I think for some of us, music is just so much more important and deeper. And we don't want just the digital file that has been squashed for us to listen to for the rest of our lives. We want something more. And that's where, yeah, I think that's the gap that this fills. I think what a lot of people miss from, you know, who may be older uh, than my daughter, per se, is the the physical holding of an album that you talked about. A book is a great example. You know, the album cover, reading the album notes. We've seemed to lost. We, we have seemed to have lost all that in a digital world. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's like and too, like for a lot of my customers, there is a very social aspect to it, too. So like the social aspect of coming in here with your friends to look yeah. for music and talk about music going home and like when I, whenever I go over to a friend's house, the very first thing I usually do after I take my shoes off is I look through their record collection and then we start talking about the record collection. I think like for a lot of us, like that's the vibe, that's the trip that we're on and that's what we want to be a part of. So I can see why it grows because once you get a taste of it, you understand that it's like, yeah, we're just going for something different and, and it and it's it feels more real and it feels more it gives you a better and more loving relationship with with music, which I think is so important for just for mental health for everything. 
So how do you get the product? Where Where is this coming from? New, used, what? How easy is it to get? Uh, so I would say for most of the used stuff, which is which I would say accounts for maybe about uh, 30 to 40% of our business, uh, would be... Uh, a lot of it, I'll go, people will call me, people that are that are tired of moving their record collection from one place to the next, and they yeah. don't listen to it anymore, and they don't, that's a very, that's that's a pretty common one. They're just like, yeah, I haven't taken my record player out of a box in five years, I don't listen to the records, you know, like, I just don't have the space, I don't, I don't have the mental energy. So, so in those cases, I'll go and do house calls and pick it up, and then a lot of stuff will just come through the front door of people who are either downsizing or people who, yeah, who, again, who have maybe lost interest in the, in the, in the format and, and they just want to move on. So yeah, that, that's, that's the way a lot of it comes. And then the new stuff would be uh, through suppliers because all the, the, a lot of the, the new stuff is printed. Well, there's a couple plants. There's a plant yeah. in Burlington called Precision that does a lot of stuff there. So I'll, so I don't order directly from the, uh, from the companies that press them, but I'll order from the labels. So uh, or distributors who will handle the labels. So, in, so what's it? A few what's, in Canada and, and some in America and some in Europe. What's it been like, Brad, during a pandemic to keep this all afloat? Or has it been because people are at home they're looking for this sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I did this. You know, I did something that I'm sure some businesses that are probably really happy that they did was during the first shutdown. Basically, my in my mind, I'm just like, okay, like. So Amazon's allowed to operate. I'm not allowed to operate. How can I make myself Amazon? How can I compete yeah. with them on a level that even that levels the playing field and gives me a chance to survive? So during that very first lockdown, we just started. We just spent weeks and weeks building our website. So we built our website and we made everything in our store function like Amazon. So you can just go to our website, choose what you want, choose when you want to pick it up, put it in your cart, pay for it. Exact same thing, right? We just do... So we just wanted to make sure that we could play the game with those people because they had an insanely unfair advantage. Like, like Jeff Bezos needs any more unfair advantages, but he like, and the Amazons of the world had a crazy advantage. And, you know, I can't imagine how many stores were swallowed up by Amazon, not even just record stores, but every main street mom and pop shop had to fight in, in, in a, where uh, you know one company has a huge competitive advantage, so we modernized and that really helped. And you know we have uh, the people who like Abyss and support Abyss and are a part of like our community are like so supportive of the shop. And um, yeah, we would be nowhere without without the Abyss head. So shout out to all the anybody who's ever <laughs> bought a record out of Abyss. Shout out to those people because they literally keep us going. And yeah, like it was that mixture, right? As soon as we launched that site, it was like, okay, let's see how this works. And then it was just like all day, every day, it was just all of our customers and people who wanted us to be here just kept supporting. A lot of times it's, you just gotta, you just gotta let people know what you need from them and they, and they'll be happy to help. Good point. Into the abyss into the abyss If you want to go online and they're located one, one nine lock street into the abyss. And of course we didn't get a chance to ask you about the marble index. Uh, I guess everything on hold for the point, uh, for the standpoint right now, but, uh, thanks so much, Brad, for taking the time and good luck moving forward with all this. Yeah. Thank you very much, Scott. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.